Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series is on the parables of Jesus. A terrific companion to this teaching is Kevin's best-selling book, Mystery Parables of the Kingdom, available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook formats from Amazon in your area, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Let's uh, turn our Bibles tonight for our first session here uh, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. I want to uh, read Matthew chapter 13 uh, right through to just uh, a first part of verse 19. And we want to lay a foundation for the uh, series we'll be sharing together over this term. So uh, just follow along with me in whatever translation you might happen to have. So Matthew 13 and commencing with verse 1. And how many believe that the word is inspired? and that uh, the words are not there to fill up the book. I believe there's a divine purpose in the words. So uh, I'll put the emphasis on some words and we'll be picking picking them up in in the course of our series. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole mold on the shore. I always feel, you know, we have our meetings wrong because the congregation stood on the seashore and Jesus sat. You people are sitting and I have to stand. I always feel we do things back to front, so you see me sitting down and not standing the whole service, so you'll understand, won't you? And he spoke many things. Are you breathing out there tonight? Okay, all right. And he spoke many unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, When he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, and to good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear." And then we'll go way down to, uh, no, we'll we'll continue on in verse 10 for the moment. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. And then just the uh, first uh, couple of verses of verse 18 and the part of 19. Hear ye therefore the parable of the soul. When anyone heareth the word, but what, uh, what particular word? The word of the kingdom. 
When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Now, I want to spend uh, tonight and then next week on two introductory sessions and then we'll move into the uh, parables proper. In this uh, chapter we have seven, uh, some uh, expositors say eight, but at least the seven major kingdom of heaven parables and uh, I feel what I want to share tonight and next week, a foundation to all I have to say on each of the parables and we'll try and do a parable per night. Now as we look at this here and, if you t- and I'm going to encourage you to take notes And the title of the word that I want to share tonight is Having Ears to Hear. Having Ears to Hear. It's almost uh, been a theme through our worship also tonight, as well as unity. So in verse 9, and uh, I personally believe that verse 9 is really the key to the whole chapter, and this will become more meaningful and significant in due time. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom. Now, it's interesting just to note from uh, verse 9 and verse 14 and 15, verse 16 and 17, uh, these three particular words hearing, seeing, and understanding. Okay? Hearing, seeing, and understanding. So in verse 9, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Having ears to hear, let him hear. And then in verse 14 and 15, Jesus is going way back to the prophet Isaiah. And remember, the New Testament was not as yet written, but he goes way back to the prophecy of Isaiah and says the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in the people. Multitudes hearing and yet not hearing. So he quotes the prophecy of Isaiah, says, By hearing you shall hear, but not understand. Seeing you shall see, and you'll not perceive. And the whole problem here right at the beginning is a heart condition. For this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart and I should heal them. So you'll notice we have two eyes, two ears, one heart. How many are glad of that? One mouth. I'm very glad of that. Sometimes I wish I had two. I could speak to two people at once, get a lot more said. Uh, Then in verse 16 and 17, he commends the disciples. He says, but blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. Uh, For verily I say unto you, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you are seeing and have not seen them and hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. But the whole thing is, it's a hard condition. So, you know, right from the uh, commencement of this uh, first action night, uh, worshipping the Lord, praying, seeking the Lord, is, is just to get our heart in tune, because if our heart's not right, we're going to hear but not hear. And we'll see but we'll not see. So it gets to a real heart condition. So you'll notice that the uh, words ears is used three times, and the expressions hear, heard, hearing nine times. Pardon me. And then the word eyes is used three times. And the words see, seeing, seen seven times. And then uh, the word heart is used two times. And as we're going to see in in the appropriate uh, evening, uh, it gets to the heart condition in verse uh, verse, uh, 15. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understanding with their heart 
but this people's heart is waxed gross. And then in verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then uh, cometh the wicked one and cast that which was sown in the heart. So the first parable, as we'll see later on, as I said, uh, is a heart condition. All the conditions in the ground are a heart condition. So, you know, we see externally, and yet there's an internal eye. We hear externally, and uh, yet there's an internal ear, yet the heart is an internal condition, and only God sees the heart. So talking about the heart condition. So whole lesson that we're going to be looking at here is that if we are really going to understand the parables of the kingdom, we have to have ears to hear, that's through the ear gate, and we have to have eyes to see through the eye gate. We have to have a heart to, uh, to perceive, so it all gets to a heart condition. Now, let's go back to verse 9, which is really our text. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's all say it together. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's say it again. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, it's really significant that this statement, it's only specifically ever used by the Lord Jesus himself, and it's used 14 times in the New Testament. Old King James, anyway, at least. I don't know how some of the other translations handle this. Though it's not too much you can change on that, I don't think. But 14 times, six times it's used in the Gospels in, uh, by Jesus in his earthly ministry, but it's used eight times up in heaven by Jesus in his heavenly ministry with two important additions. Two important additions. I haven't got time to give you all the references to the six times on earth uh, or the eight times in heaven, not at the moment. What I want you to do if you're taking down notes, I want you to draw three columns. And the whole theme here tonight, the foundation of all we want to say, and uh, I'm sure that as we get into the parables, it's pretty revolutionary, uh, some of the things that are taught there, and I'm sure it's going to rattle some of your cages if you hang in there. If not, there will not be any tapes, and if there are tapes, they will self-destruct. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about having ears to hear. All right, now I want you to draw sort of three columns on your sheet here. I want you to notice a progression this is picking up here. First of all, I want you to put over here what the prophets say. So what the prophets say. And then we want to look in column number two here, what Jesus says. Oh, let's, uh, let's alter this to what the Gospels say. What the Gospels say. And then the most significant thing we'll see at the conclusion here is what, this, what Revelation says. Sure. How's that? Uh... Can your eyes see? Blessed are your eyes, for they see. But blessed are your ears, for they hear. And blessed is your heart, because we hope you'll understand. There's something for everybody. The thing is, whether it's better for me to be up there, it's just I feel so far away, or is it comfortable down here? How many are up the top? How many are happy down here? How many haven't got a hand? 
Come over closer. Thank you. All right, I want you to go back to three verses or four verses in the Old Testament here. First of all, let's go back to the prophet Isaiah. And there's four particular prophets I want you to look here. Number one, I want you to look at the prophet Isaiah. And then number two, we want to look at the prophet Jeremiah. And then number three, we want to look at a verse or so in Ezekiel. And then number four, I want to have a look at the prophet Amos and see what the Gospels are picking up from here and what we ultimately end up in the, in the book of Revelation. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Right, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9 uh, and 10 is where Jesus is quoting from in uh, Matthew 13. So Isaiah has just been commissioned of the Lord as a prophet. So we have the prophetic word here, prophetic ministry here. I said prophet pathetic. <coughs> some, some prophetic is pathetic, uh, but Isaiah's not. Everybody said amen. Yeah. And he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, uh, fatty hearts, heart condition, need a heart transplant here, and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and uh, convert and be healed. So this is the most quoted passage uh, in the New Testament. And you might just like to make a note of this, that it's quoted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four Gospels all quote this passage from Isaiah. That Isaiah's ministering to the house of Judah, to Jewry, house of Judah, house of Israel has already gone in captivity, and he's ministering the house of Judah as a prophet of God, word of the Lord, word of the Lord came by Isaiah, and here the word of the Lord came by Isaiah the prophet, and he's ministering to Judah, but the condition is they have ears, they hear not, eyes that they have and they see not, and the heart doesn't perceive. So this is quoted by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's also quoted in the book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 25 to 28, by Paul, and it's also quoted in Romans 11, verse 8. Romans 11, verse 8, when Paul writes to the Roman believers, and at least one, two, three, four, five, six books in the New Testament quote this most important passage. And right in the Matthew 13 chapter, the the, the pivotal there is, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, Jesus describes the heart condition when they ask him the question, why are you speaking parables? All right, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. And as you look at these prophets, every one of them lament the, uh, the condition of the people of God. And you know we have a saying, there's none so blind as those who don't want to see, and there's none so deaf as those that don't want to hear. None says those who don't want to perceive. Jeremiah chapter uh, 5 and verse 21, and the prophet Jeremiah, he laments the condition as he's ministering to the house of Judah as a prophet of God, the weeping prophet. Isaiah was an evangelist prophet. Jeremiah is a pastoral prophet. Both prophets and all of them lament over the condition of God's people. So Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 21 
O foolish people, and without understanding, margin says, without heart, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. So Jeremiah laments the same fact here. Now let's turn to Ezekiel, and the prophet Ezekiel laments the same thing. Ezekiel chapter 12. And it's interesting that Ezekiel, when he laments over this, uh, this physical, spiritual condition, uh, he puts a key word there. So Ezekiel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord uh, also came unto me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a, what sort of a house? A rebellious house. There's the whole problem here, which have eyes to see, and they see not. They have ears to hear, and they hear not. For the whole problem is rebellion, a heart condition. And you find that if people have a rebel heart, a rebellious heart, they hear and they don't hear, they see and they don't see. And I think every one of us can, uh, go, you know, um, uh, sort of illustrate experiences like this. Oh, what was the meeting about Sunday? Oh, it was really good. Well, what was it? Oh, I just don't remember, but it was really good. What do you preach on? Well, you preach from the Bible. Uh, you know, we hear and we don't hear. You know, and then we all of a sudden see things in the Word and say, wow, have you ever seen that? And you show it to them, you turn your Bible upside down, you give them 26 translations, and they still don't see it. So there's something beyond the natural eye to see by the spiritual eye and something beyond the, the natural ear to hear with the inner ear. So that's, that's the thing. So Jeremiah laments that. And now let's turn to uh, Amos here, Amos. And Amos gives uh, a very challenging word on this matter of seeing and hearing. Amos chapter uh, 8 and verses 11 through to 13. Amos chapter 8 and verse, uh, yes, 11 through to 13. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. Now you'll notice it doesn't say I'm going to send a famine of the word. The famine is not in the word. The famine's in the hearing. And the scarcity today personally says, I don't believe there's been a time when there's so much word around as there is today. So the scarcity is not in the Word. As we look at the, the world and uh, the, the, the five-fold ministry and the ministries as God raised up in the last number of years since the uh, visitation in the 4850 and onwards, I mean, just multiple ministries and prophetic apostolic ministries, teaching ministries and just the various ministries. There's never been so much Word. So the scarcity is not in the Word. The scarcity is, is, is in the hearing. So he says, the days come that I'm going to send a famine, not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. So the problem is not with the word, but with the scarcity. And they shall, uh, scarcity of hearing, and they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and not find it. Now, you'll notice uh, something here that all of these are prophets to the house of Judah. Isaiah is an evangelist prophet. Jeremiah is a pastoral prophet. Ezekiel is a visionary seer prophet. Uh, Amos is just a prophet prophet. Okay. Uh, he's uh, a sycamore gatherer. Uh, hadn't been to uh, Bible college at Waverley Christian Fellowship, so he's just a regular prophet. 
but all of them are ministering to the house of Judah and they're all troubled about how much people really hear and how much people really see and the heart condition. So a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. And, and here's the thing. Each of these prophets, their words start off, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the word of the Lord came to Amos. Now Jesus is going to come on the scene and says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, it's not just any word, it's the word of the kingdom. And doesn't understand that. So it's the condition of hearing. Now, let's uh, go over to... Um, 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And in the, uh, in the passage uh, for, that we read from Amos, uh, personally I believe that the fulfillment of that, at least in measure, was uh, during the, the, uh, what's referred to as the 400 silent years. Remember Amos says there's going to be a famine of the word of the Lord, a famine of hearing the word of the Lord, and they'll run from coast to coast and seek the word of the Lord and not find it. And then after the return from Babylon, we find that there were 400 silent years when there was no prophetic word, no voice from God. They had the scriptures, but there was no Urim and Thummim, no glory, no Ark of the Covenant. Uh, 400 silent years when God refused to speak. Now John the Baptist comes on the scene and he's the last of the Old Testament prophets and introduces Jesus. But uh, there's a famine here, a famine of hearing the word of the Lord because they refuse to hear the prophets. 1 Samuel chapter 3 sort of describes the condition uh, back there as well as applicable to Amos' time. Uh, verse 1 where it says, and we're reading uh, King James on this, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious, or literally scarce, uh, probably a better translation, word of the Lord was scarce in those days. There was no open vision. So no word, no glory, no prophetic voice. God ceased to speak. And uh, because they did not hear when God spoke through the prophets, God ceased to speak. So we had 400 silent years. Then God gave them their last chance uh, under, under the ministry of John the Baptist and the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's go over to the Gospels here. And uh, if you're taking down notes, I want you to put some scriptures down here, at least just the references. We're not going to turn to them because uh, I have always a lot of material to cover. Now, when we come to the Gospels here and the Lord Jesus, he's the one that sort of condenses this whole thing and says, uh, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we have six references in the Gospels. So all I'm going to do is give you this, uh, not put it on the board here, but give you the references here. And every time after what Jesus says, he says, if you've got ears to hear, let him hear. All right, number one, and this is Jesus' ministry on earth. This, let, let, let's get the difference here. This is the word made flesh. Now, I've said this before, but I repeat it again. Jesus, the word of the Lord never came to Jesus. The word of the Lord came to the prophets. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to Amos. So hundreds of times the word of the Lord came to the prophets. But the word of the Lord didn't come to Jesus. He was the word. He was the word made flesh. So the, didn't, the word didn't come to him. He was the word. And so here we have the word. 
And uh, if, you, if you're listening, it'll all come together. Here we have the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. So the Word made flesh. And this is his earthly ministry. His earthly ministry. And six times he uses this expression, he used to hear, let him hear. All right, number one, it's used concerning John the Baptist as an Elijah. Just said that very carefully there. Matthew eleven fifteen. It's used concerning John the Baptist as an Elijah. Elijah has already come, uh, if you receive it. I can't say what I believe on that yet. Okay, but concerning John the Baptist as an Elijah, Matthew eleven fifteen. Number two, it's used concerning the parable of the sower and the seed, which we just read in Matthew 13. Uh, Matthew 13, verse 9, concerning the parable of the sower and the seed, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Number three, it's used concerning the parable of the wheat and tares, Matthew 13, 43. Concerning the parable of the wheat and tares, Matthew 13, 43. Number four, it's used concerning the parable of lighting a lamp and not putting it under a bushel, Mark 4, 23. So the parable of the lamp, Mark 4, 23. Number five, it's used concerning things that defile a man. It's not that which enters in that defiles a man, even if it's unsanctified pork. It's that which comes out of the heart that defiles the man. Uh, that's a little bit application there by Connor. But Mark 7, verse 16, concerning things that defile a man, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 7, 16. And the last uh, reference in the Gospels, number 6, it's used concerning the salt losing its savour. Concerning the salt losing its savour, Luke chapter 14 verses 34 and 35, Luke 14, verse 30, 35. So six times in the gospel. So if you're a good note taker, you'll be like this. You'll put down the six times it's used in the gospels. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, let's go over to the book of Revelation. And I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Now, in Revelation, as I said, it's used eight times. So if you're a good note-taker, this is what you should have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then just leave a space for... Oh, that, no, that's all right. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then leave a space for number eight. Uh, seven times in chapter, uh, Revelation chapter two and three, it's used. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let me give you the references. Number one, it's used to the Ephesian church. Revelation 2.7. It's used to the Smyrna church. If you don't know how to spell those, read your Bible. Revelation 2.11. Number three, it's used to the Pergamos church. Revelation 2.17. Number four, it's used to the Thyatira church, Revelation 2.29. Number 
Number five, it's used to the Sardis church, Revelation 3, 6. And number six, it's used to the Philadelphian church, Revelation 3, 13. And number seven, it's used to the Laodicean church, Revelation 3, 23. Revelation 3.23. Now let's just look at uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. What's that? There's no 20. Am I adding to the scripture, am I? Revelation 3.22. What did I say? Oh, so 22 on my notes. You're right too, Brad. Okay, Revelation 3.22. Now, let's just pick up something here, and uh, I believe it's very significant here. Revelation chapter uh, verse 7, uh, as Jesus writes to the church of Ephesus. Now, it's not through prophetic ministry here, but it's through apostolic ministry. The apostle John, and as he does to every church, he ends up saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, let's pick up the difference. So there's, some, there's some comparisons and some contrasts here. Every time it's used in the Gospels, the word ears is in the plural. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It's always in the plural. That's it. But when you get to the book of Revelation, every time it's used, it's in the singular. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. But there's something added. There's two, exp uh, two phrases added. So he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. What's the, what's the next phrase? What the Spirit says. Now, that's never used in the Gospels. Okay, what the Spirit says. And what does the Spirit say? Who's the Spirit speaking to? To the churches. That's never used in the Gospels. Okay, so I hope you're picking up something here. In the Revelation, the Spirit and the Church. Now here it's the Word made flesh in his earthly ministry. Here it's Christ in his heavenly ministry. And it's no longer he that hath ears to hear, it's he that hath an ear to hear. So there has to be a finer tuning of the ear because now it's not the Word that's speaking, the Word is speaking, but the Word is speaking through the Spirit. So he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now back in the Gospels, it's the Word speaking, and the Word simply promises the Spirit back here, and he simply promises, I will build my church. It's all in promise here in the Gospels, it's not done yet. And now it's he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, I want you to go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 9. The last reference to this, and uh, sometimes silence speaks louder than words, and I'm going to let you think what you want to think without me saying too much at the moment. This is number 8 now, number 8. Revelation chapter 13. And how many uh, know that sometimes the silences of God speak louder than his words? How many have found that when your mum and dad with your kids? They say, are you listening, son? Are you coming? Everything's just silent. 
and they know that you're taking off your belt to give them the laying of hands further. Well, listen to this. In Revelation chapter 13, the last reference to this statement, the 14th reference, it says, I'll read from verse 8 to get into it, or verse 7. And it was given unto him, I believe the him there is the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. How many would like to be an overcoming saint and not an overcome saint? Now, whoever this bunch is here, I personally don't want to be among them. And whatever your sympathetic escapology is, or your systematic eschatology is, don't get mixed up in this chapter. It was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So, sounds like some saints are going to be overcome instead of being overcomers because back here it says, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, hear what the Spirit's saying to the church if you want to be an overcomer. But in this nasty little verse, and I didn't put it there, I'm just reading it to you. Is it in your Bible? It says, uh, was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all, what does all mean? All, that's all that all means, right? As is often said, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of, of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear to hear, let him hear. Full stop. What's missing? The spirit is missing. The last reference of this, he that hath an ear to hear, is spoken to tribulation saints, not to sinners now, Christians. Who is that bunch? And instead of back here, he that overcomes, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, he with the spirit of saint of the churches. So what I understand, without committing myself too much, it's wonderful to be able to walk on eggshells and never crack anything. The real art I've learned over the years because the law of self-preservation is still pretty strong in me. <laughs> but you're either, either an overcomer or you're overcome. This bunch of saints are overcome. So there comes a time in the book of Revelation when the spirit is not there and the churches are not there. What happens? to the spirit, what happens to the churches. So I'm just saying I don't want to be around when that time's on. Something to think about between now and the millennium. So in the gospel there's the word speaking. In the revelation there's the spirit speaking. In the gospel there is the promise of the church. In the revelation the churches have been built. In the gospel the ears are in the plural. In the revelation the ear is in the singular. In the gospels you can hear and see Christ after the flesh but in the Revelation you have to hear and see with spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. Now, let me just finish on this because I've got a little bit of time here. How many have ever been on a farm? What is a, uh, what's one of the major signs of a good condition of sheep? Uh, the ears. Hmm. I used to be on the farm once and uh, one of the signs of sheep in good condition is check their ears out. You have ear inspection because sheep have an amazing habit of getting bugs in their ears 
What's bugging you? How many of you know that some two-legged sheep, like Christians, can get bugs in their ears? Say, well, what's bugging you? And they need some holy anointing oil poured down their ear to clean out the bugs. And then some, of course, get foot and mouth disease. They open their mouth and put their foot in it because they've got bugs in their ears. And then they go and bang their head against a tree to get rid of the bugs. So uh, let's, for our last few moments, have an ear inspection. I just want to see how my sheep are doing, all the sheep said. <laughs> You're really improving, aren't you? <laughs> Turn to Mark chapter 4 and with it Luke chapter 8. And this is a real challenge to hear. That's what this whole thing is because some of the things we want to say about parables of the kingdom. So Mark chapter 4 and at the same time Luke chapter 8 and I checked several translations on this at least most of the translators have left this verse alone without messing it up so Mark chapter 4 and verse 23 and 24 and 25 Mark 4 verse 23 to 20 if any man have ears to hear let him hear and he said unto them take heed watch ye hear with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. How many want more? Well, you're not going to get more unless you're listening. Okay? Well, and often we say, Lord, give me more, give me more. And God says, I'm not going to give any more. I'm not even going to give you another prophecy. You haven't even listened to all the ones I've given you. You've just put them around the wall or put them in your box and the That's silverfish good. have eaten them. Now, this is not for you. Anything I say tonight that you don't like, shoot it over the guy behind you, okay? <laughs> and you'll be given. So here, take heed what you hear. For he that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken away that which he has. Now, Luke chapter 8, the same, uh, same occasion, but just a change of a word. Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. Take heed therefore how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Two words I want you to pick up here, because it's challenged to hear. So prophets lamented over the people of God not hearing, not the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Gentiles, the people of God. Jesus' exhortation, have an ear to hear, have ears to hear, ears to hear. And when we get to Revelation, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. But there's going to come a time when the Spirit's not here, the churches are not here, yet there's still some saints here who are overcome instead of being overcomers. That's the message. So whatever, whatever the significance is, and I have a few little thoughts, but I just don't want to be around, whatever it means, when that happens. Everybody said amen. Now, so the challenge here to hear is take heed what ye hear, take heed how ye hear. Let me give you a couple of illustrations of this, for instance. Um, remember when, uh, when they came to Jesus and questioned his authority, when he cleansed the temple and upset the doves and sent all the money changers uh, flying and the kids picking up money for milkshakes and everything like that and bulls bellowing and doves hooting and tooting everywhere. Uh, they come and said, by what authority do you do this? Give us a sign. And what did Jesus say? He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. And they said, 46 years we'll be building this denomination, our temple, pardon me, and you're going to raise it up in three days. 
but we have an interpretive clause, but he spake of the temple of his body. Now, when he stands before the cross, or before Pilate, the judgment hall, uh, they said, this man, and he, no, when he's on the cross. Well, that's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sure, there's some significance in that. <laughs> when he's on the cross, what did they do? They said, Thou that destroys the temple and builds it in three days, come down from the cross. And then when they used this as an accusation, they said, This man said, Destroy the temple in three days, he'll raise it up. Now you see, what they heard was right, but how they heard was wrong. And you see, it happens in every meeting. People all hear the same thing, what they hear, but how they hear. Now, let me just define the difference. Uh, let me give you one other quick illustration. I remember years ago when we were just coming into uh, visitation, revival, move of God, ladder rain, scatter rain, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I remember a brother at the communion table. He got up and said at the communion table, Oh, I've seen something in the communion table I've never seen before. And he said, when he took the bread and he took the cup, and you need to practice what I'm telling you to do now, or you might run out too. Uh, he said, the Lord didn't say this is the emblem or bless the elements. And why do we say those funny words? Now, let's pray over the elements. You mean the elements out there? Bless the emblems. Okay? And we, instead of saying, this is my body and this is my blood, we're scared to death of Romanism, so we've got to get, stick Protestantism in it. And we don't really believe there's anything in the Lord's table. And we say, because we're frightened all. And so this brother said, this is my body, this is my blood. And he received something from the table, but there was a brother in that meeting, and he took the bread and threw it on the floor and stamped on it and took the cup and poured it out on the floor and walked out and wrote a tract against us and said, that group believes in transubstantiation. Now, what was the difference? What they heard, take heed what you hear. Both heard the same thing, but take heed how you hear, they both had a different attitude. See, what you hear is the material, and how you hear is the attitude. Everybody see the difference? So take heed what you hear, and take heed how you hear. And people can be in the same meeting, and they've heard me say things over the, over the years. What they've heard, they've heard exactly, the, and they can even quote you exact words, but they can quote it in a wrong spirit. See, so take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear. That's the whole thing. So having ears to hear what the Spirit sees. Uh, put down Luke chapter 9, our time's almost through. Luke 9, verse 44 to 5. Luke 9, verse 44 to 45. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. Let them sink down. Not in one ear and out the other. Aunt and Gindrich say, store them up sayings in your ears, a literal concordant. So let these sayings sink down in your ears. Just put down these scriptures, we haven't got time to turn to them. But it's interesting to note the conditions uh, that are mentioned in the Bible about ears after ear inspection. You know, we have an eye and ear hospital, and the church should be that, need an inspection. Number one, there are those who have a dull ear, sluggish of hearing, Hebrews 5.11. Dull of hearing. You know, those who go in the war, they get shell shock. You don't hear a thing. Bombs falling all around you and sleep through it. Meeting going on, praise, worship, thanksgiving, and you don't hear a thing. You sleep right through it. Think, what a wonderful meeting. I had a good sleep this morning. Nobody hears like that, I know that. 
uh, uncircumcised in heart and ears. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. And uncircumcised in heart and ears. Number three, ears that are heavy. Acts 13, 27. Number four, Acts 13, 27 that was. Uh, number four, there are those that Paul speaks about that in the last days they will be turned from the truth to fables having itching ears. Always wanting somebody to scratch their ears. How many remember that one? Itching ears. And that's in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4. They'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears that always want to be scratched. Number five, there are those who have a forgetful ear. They hear the word and forget it. James 1, verse 22 to 25 but this is the best type of ear to have. It's an obedient ear. Proverbs 25 and verse 12. Proverbs 25 and verse 12. An obedient ear. So he that hath an ear, let him hear. And unto you that hear shall more be given. So I feel right at the beginning of our series together, this is the foundation of the whole thing. That's, they're the key verses in that Matthew 13, having ears to hear. So before Jesus, he gave one parable and before he gave the interpretation of the parable and gave any of the other parables, he just interposed that, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And then they said, why are you speaking parables? And he said, because of a heart condition, a hearing condition, an eye condition. So I want to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church at Waverley Christian Fellowship. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's all stand. As we leave the building tonight, there will be offering bags there. And I know a lot of people are putting in uh, finance on Sunday for the Saints Relief offering, but we generally take this up Thursday night, but we don't want to break the flow of the meeting. So at the end of the meeting, if you have something towards Saints Relief, uh, just put it in the offering bag as you leave the auditorium tonight. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of gathering in your presence and drawing aside from the activities of this world and just uh, stilling our hearts before you. We pray, Father, as we have shared this foundation word tonight, that indeed you'll inspect our ears and give us Samuel's ear, obedient ear. God, if we have ear conditions that need to be healed, you still healed deaf people and you still heal blind eyes and uh, you still heal troubled hearts. Do it, Father, for each of us as we continue in this series, and may we indeed have an ear to hear what the Spirit would say to Waverly Christian Fellowship at this time and through this series in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.